Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Warwick, Rhode Island. It turns out my equipment just broke a few minutes ago, so I'm recording the intro on my phone. Uh, so hopefully everything will be sounding better in the episodes going forward, because we'll have brand new mics and sound mixers and all that great stuff. Uh, anyway, if you're new to the show and you, you joined us last week for our episode with Matt from the Streetlight Manifesto, and you're wondering where Bree is, uh, we heard your feedback. People didn't really like the long intro, which I completely understand. I'm the same way. So what we're going to do is start recording those. We'll do a quick intro on the big top, and then we'll do like a fun chat with Bree and I at the end, who's our producer. Unfortunately, Bree and I couldn't get our act together, but happy birthday, Bree. Uh, so we're not going to do it this week. But uh, happy birthday to Bree. We wish you the best. Bree is our, my business partner and my produ- our producer and just a wonderful human. Uh, so this is a really great episode. I've been a Boys Night Out fan since high school. This is one of those episodes like Nathan Gray from Boys Since Fire. Like these bands mean so much to me. And, um, you know, I, I I bought Boys Night Out records. I've seen them in concert. I had their t-shirts. It's, I don't have to dig that up. Um, you know, I remember being in Crystal Riley's car, driving to go see Folly and Mount Banana and the Flaming Tsunamis in Danbury, Connecticut at the Empress Ballrooms, sitting in the back of her Lion K, and her playing um, some, uh, Make Yourself Sick for the first time and just losing my goddamn mind. I'm such a fan of emo and pop punk and screamo, and I don't know if anyone even uses screamo anymore, uh, that word. But uh, I just was obsessed. And then I remember a few years later being in Alicia Riley's basement, uh, which is Crystal's sister, which are my group of friends for the last 20 years. Love you all. And me and Justin, number two, just going apeshit and dissecting um, train wreck to a to an annoying amount of to everyone else's chagrin because we were just so obsessed with it honestly one of my favorite records ever made in the history of music i absolutely love this record so that was cool to say that to connor it's cool because you get to get to talk to these people and tell them what it meant to you and sometimes you become peers and in this case um i can call connor a friend like we were we were texting earlier today he's just such a great guy we're gonna we're definitely gonna work together again um so we got connected from a mutual friend a podcast friend um, Dana from the two week notice podcast. One day Dana was like Instagramming or something about boys night out. And I like said something, Oh my God, I love that record or something stupid like that. Dana's like, I just interviewed Connor. He's the man. You got to get him on your show. Hit him up. So I did. I was really scared. Connor said yes. And we did the damn thing and it was awesome. So thank you to Dana. He'll be a guest on here in a couple weeks. Um, so just thank for anyone for, for any new listeners. We'd love having you. Huge. Uh, we got last episode with, with um, Matt from Streetlight. We got some great memes that came out of that one. So thank you to Ken. That was, uh, it blew my mind. Uh, you can check our Facebook or Instagram. There's a picture of me as Thanos uh, with holding the Infinity Gauntlet with the two of the faces from Streetlight because our goal is to get every member of Streetlight Manifesto on here. Uh, so, well, we're working. Me and Sinet are working on it. Trust me. Another, another friend of the show that we work with. And uh, so... And if you can't get enough Let's Chat, we're going to be doing much more Patreon content. Uh, we have uh, Dwight from the Broken Brain Podcast and I just did a whole episode about like more zeitgeisty stuff like of uh, pop culture talk with, uh, the, the, with the lens of two mental health professionals. Dwight's a therapist, myself, I'm a case manager at a psychiatric hospital. So that was really fun. And I was also a part of the, through Anchored, Anchored the show, which is a podcast and a web series. Think the Daily Show, but about Rhode Island culture. They did this really fun video for National Hot Dog Day with in partner with Trailblaze Marketing. I got invited to become one of the people to go on there. I was invited with a mutual friend and friend of the show, Robert Eisenberg, past guest. 
and they did like kind of like a VH1 like best week ever kind of thing of this like a double blind taste test of like hot wieners and soggies is which are like Rhode Island hot dogs versus like store brand. Uh, the note I got was to be funny, and I think I was a little over the top, but it ended up being really fun. So you can check that out. We'll put a link, and all this stuff is in our groups. Um, you know, make sure you find us online. Is at Let's Chat Podcast and all the things. Let's keep the party going. Join our Facebook group, the Let's Chat Podcast community. It's been really fun to get and connect and talk and get see all the fun memes and art coming out of it. We got merch at uh, on our T Public store. It's tpublic.com slash Let's Chat Media. And make sure you support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Let's Chat Media. And a huge thank you to we uh, producer Bree, uh, post-production, who's been helping us with Let's Chat Live, our good friend, The Vern, from Cinema Recall, and our other friend who edited this episode, Robbie, from Conversations with Robbie Sherman, wonderful editor, uh, all who you can hire. Um, you know, find him on Twitter. I'll get, we'll, we'll, get, we'll link all his good stuff. Um, let's get to it. I know you had texted me about the talking about the Pictar thing, which I'm super excited about. But do people do that to you often? Like they kind of like they have you come on for an interview to be like, we'll talk about your company, but then they just want to talk to you about Boys Night Out. Uh, well, most people are just completely transparent. They're like, ah, we don't we don't care about what you're doing now. We just want to talk about Boys Night Out, which is fine. Like I yeah, mean, I actually care about what you're doing now. So <laughs> well, thank you. That actually worked out pretty double. Uh, worked out really double good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, I was so stoked. Yeah, it was funny because I saw Dana like put on Insta Story or something. I was like, oh fuck yeah! I think it was Trainwreck, and I was like, oh man, I could. And then him and I just started nerding out about BNO, and then he's like, yo, message Connor right now. I was like, uh, okay, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm gonna do it. So I'm so stoked. Um, so where I'm are a you? Very still threatening in- individual, right? <laughs> are you still in Canada? Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. I'm in sea uh, called Stony Creek which is just outside of a place called Hamilton, Ontario. Hamilton is like Toronto light, more of a steel town. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, absolutely, man. I've been in Hamilton now for almost 20 years. That's, yeah, I live in um, Rhode Island. and I, you're, I, See, this isn't fair. I always, we, us Americans always assume that you Canadians will have a complete knowledge of us. We but do. I, it's not expected for me to know anything about Canada. But I'm just thinking because you're a touring musician, like Providence is like Boston light is what I would always say. <laughs> like, but you know what? In all fairness, if you're talking to people that are in bands, I mean, I've I've been to Providence tons of times. You know what I mean? Like been through. I So I've been lucky enough to go to a ton of places within the U.S. and Canada. Um, so it is more likely in those instances for sure. Yeah, you um, you've definitely seen more of the country that I'm born in, lit grows than I have uh, for someone who's from here. Because um, yeah, when you guys like at your height, like Boys Night Out toward like, I mean, I remember seeing you play in Connecticut where I grew up. Uh, a but at one point, I remember thinking you guys were from. For some reason, I always had them. I don't know why, but I at, when I was younger, I had misremembered that you guys were from Maine for some reason. From but you Maine, played the, I've never. I don't that know before. how. Yeah, I don't know how it got in my head, but because you you played our area a fair amount to the point it was like, Tons. like it wasn't like um, 
it wouldn't it wouldn't be weird to be like it just it was almost like a band that we'd see like every every like at least like once every couple months you'd be coming through town or a chase or stuff like that oh so, dude so, for for the longest time people thought we were from jersey because we played we played jersey so often i mean ferret records was from jersey uh oh, our yeah. management was from jersey and, and we played more shows especially in the beginning with senses fail um yep. like i've talked shows. to heath on here oh are you really i didn't see that i didn't oh crazy. yeah great great dude he's i, I love that I, I know he was in senses fail for a period but yeah wow crazy i didn't know you talked to heath Oh yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah, um, yeah, because that's funny. I know. I mean, I grew up in Connecticut, but I used to get that people would always think I was from Jersey because all the music I loved was from New Jersey yeah, and like dude. Long Island, and then pockets of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Canada's got a lot, lot of good stuff going on. Yeah. On. Well, I've always with, with it, it's funny. I've actually like grew up being obsessed with like your Hamilton. Um, not I, I didn't know Hamilton, but like the Ontario scene because like I'm a huge fan of Grade. Yeah. Like, I love Silverstein. Um, I've had like for, I don't know if you ever knew the band Taken. Like they were not big in the U.S., <laughs> but they were huge in Ontario. Yeah, I talked to Ray yeah. on here a long time ago too. Same Amazing. thing. And like they like were famous in Ontario, but then no one in the states really knew who they were. <laughs> Really? That's yeah. They so were. They me, were not. Yeah, I mean. Oh wow! Even within our like scene, Taken doesn't get the the. I think maybe a little bit because I think one of their members is in Kyoto's, but like they just that outside of like maybe L.A. or whatever, like the the West Coast, like they yeah, they yeah. did not. It which always blew my mind, and then like, and I like I love um you know, big Silverstein fan. And like, I love his podcast and he'll like talk about them all the time. And you know, you have grade. I mean, I, where do you actually, I'm curious to see where do you fall on the, uh, I don't know how much knowledge, how deep you go into this stuff, but like, where do you fall on the emo, the screamo debate, whether it uh, is great, is it great or voice as fire? Cause that seems to be the two bands that it goes back and forth of who invented screamo. Oof, it goes way back before then, my friend. I mean, I, uh, in terms of when, in like the mid, early, early mid 90s, I was listening to a ton of music that, and then everything was referred to as emo core because I had never heard the term screamo until probably, you know, early 2000s. But before then, like there were killer bands, uh, like especially in the Midwest or like, you know, Michigan area, bands like Julia, Ordination of Aaron, uh, Impetus Inter, Still Life, uh, all these bands that I grew up with, which which had a ton of like singing and screaming going on. Uh, and I know bands like that heavily influenced grade. Um, OK, so, I mean, I remember buying a Julia record from Kai from grade when he was doing a distro at one of the shows. Uh, and he's like, you need to check out this record. This is absolutely amazing. They influenced us. So like, so I, I, I think that kind of thing with the heavy guitars, melodic singing and screaming goes back way before Boyce S. Fire or grade. Did not know that. Oh, interesting. Oh, I'll give you a list of great bands that, and you'll hear it. I mean, you'll hear yeah. stuff that, that sounds like it could have influenced brand new um based on just the way the singing and the screaming goes together now i don't i don't know those guys i don't know if it influenced them but musically i'll, I'll give you a list of stuff to check out 
Dude, that is so dope. Now, um, did I hear you say, I think I heard you say this on the one time on tour podcast that you went to high school with the guys from grade, like within a yeah. couple of years. Yep. That's so funny. Cause in my head, like I did this thing where I just assumed that any band I loved, they all know each other. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, even though Canada is gigantic, I'm like, Oh, Canada, they, I'm, of course you would know grade. And then I heard, like, I just had that in my head and then I heard you say that. I was like, okay, that's not fair. But then like listening to like voice <laughs> night out, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can see that influence. Like, Strongly. Oh, huge I, I, influence. I hear yeah. Absolutely, man. I mean, I, I remember listening. I was in seventh grade at the time when grade uh, was still called X Incision X. Um, <laughs> so, and then they eventually morphed into grade. So, I mean, that was just one of those bands in that scene that, like, people just loved. Absolutely yeah, yeah. loved. And, like, all these other bands, oh, my God, it just... Yes, Union Young America was another band in that area. So good, we, we were spoiled. Were you, did you grow up like a punk kid, like a punk rock kid, or like did you come to this stuff later? I I grew up. I mean, young young grow up, it, way more into hip hop. Um, and from yeah, same. yeah, dude. And I I think the two scenes are so closely aligned. Nice. Oh yeah, get out of here, cat. Yeah. Um, every, every time you're on a computer, they have to jump on you. <laughs> but but like honestly um i got into punk rock more more into early high school and from then it was it was stuff like seven seconds was my favorite band for the longest time seven seconds beastie boys uh minor threat uh and then i started getting into more of like the the stranger underground stuff um and just hearing bands through bands that I looked up to and, and who influenced them. And like, we had a killer skate punk and punk rock scene with like bands like trunk and Jersey, uh, and just tons going on in this area, man. It was absolutely insane. Like my old, old skate punk band, we, we did a TV show with, uh, some 41 called Jono vision. <laughs> yeah. Called Jono vision back in 97 and so it was us some 41 treble charger uh and and that was before derek was even singing in some 41 he was the guitar player uh oh, wow yeah like so all these bands know each other i mean i even i i was the original drummer in silverstein uh get the and, fuck out of here well that's kind of a stretch but i i i went to like a practice and uh, yeah, I'm not a good drummer. I can't do this. But I, I knew Shane from his old okay. jerk circus. Uh, oh, cool. So we all knew each other really well in like the Southern Ontario scene. You either played with somebody or you went to school with them or your best friend was friends with them. That seems very similar to the the Jersey scene. Not I didn't grow up in the New Jersey scene, but I'm a fan of and spent – I only grew up a few other ways and had many of friends, but like – and yep. at least now it's very well documented the New Jersey scene. Yeah. Like, uh, but it does feel like what, like what you're the way you're talking about the Ontario scene. I, I'm, I'm going to guess every scene is kind of the same where we're all sure. kind of this like incestuous small group of people that, and, and stuff like that. Like, like where I'm, where I grew up in Connecticut and like uh hate breed is from the area I'm from, but they oh, were yeah. already have gone on and become huge by the time I found this kind of stuff. And, you know, oddly enough too, like my, my introduction was new metal and then mm -hmm. would find like punk rock, hardcore, and email and all this stuff. But Boys Night Out being one of those introductory, like early bands of that screamo era, 
as like for me, like I'm I'm 36, so I think we're similar age range. But I remember, God, I remember like driving in my friend's car. We were going to a Folly show, and it was we were going to see Folly in Danbury, Connecticut. And my friend put on, um, I got punched in the nose for sticking it, uh, <laughs> the, the Adam Sandler song. And then I just like looking at the title, I'm like, I think, oh, it's like I think. The model as well for the cover of uh, Make Yourself Sick was like from Connecticut or someone like dated her. So there was some like weird connection, like, you know, 5,000 people apart connection and just being <laughs> like, oh my God, this is like made for me. Cause it's like, um, it's good. It's, but like, I'm a, I'm a huge, pop, I'm a pop fan as like, I'm a unabashedly, um, back, back then I was afraid to admit to my love of pop, but like Boys Night, like when Boys Night, like, I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this is good fucking hooks. It's good pop music, and then yeah, I'd be nice. the screaming and the any bad anything that does the the, the 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 anything with clapping, you know, count me in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a sucker for pop, dude. I'm I definitely love pop music. Always oh, have. It's still insane. Like I would go, leave the hardcore show and listen to Queen on the way home, and like have my friends. I'm like, guys, it's okay to like more than one nice. type of music. No, it's not. And it, what's funny about that is I remember how important it was to to be cool, <laughs> which is so ridiculous to me now. Like, to be like, who I know. fucking, I don't give a shit what you think about. I'm 42 years old. I'm like, I I love Taylor Swift. I, oh, I like fucking. Incredible. I love John John Mayer. I love Counting Crows, Third Eye Blind. Like these these are bands that I absolutely adore. Uh, and at the time, just having these secret shames to sneak away and be like, mm-hmm. nah, I can't wait to listen to this when I get home. I have a theory that every punk rock dude loved Counting Crows because every band I, I love so. will will come. Like Frank Turner one time went off on like a tirade about how like Counting Crows. Like I'm not allowed to say this, but this is my one of my biggest influences. Like every like my mom had that record, the the first one, the Mr. Jones record, and I remember listening Ooh. to that. I remember Stretch Armstrong did a Angels in the Silence cover, and I was like, yep. "They get it. They just get it." Dude, Counting Crows is like ridiculously good. Yeah, I, but and that yeah. the other thing too, like you also had like nine hundred two one zero references. So like my entire brain is just a mash of pop culture references at any Same. hour of any day. So I was like, "It's like this band was made for me." <laughs> but man, well, we were on uh, a Counting Crows tribute. Like there was a tribute album. Uh, that came Which out one? many, many. Uh, it was called uh, "Dead and Dreaming," Tree to the Counting Crows, and we did "Walkaways." Oh man, I gotta find that. I don't know why I never found that. What label did? Yeah, you it's, what it's label? I oh, I can't remember the label. I mean, I literally have it in my basement. I could probably grab it and just. And I That's will tell funny. you after after this. But I think who else was on there? I mean, Bayside. I think was on there. Um, Ton, tons of bands that you would know and like from yeah. from that era it's, i love that it's, yeah yeah remember drive through did uh, listen to bob dylan like they, I, I would love when like labels would do that because like my dad was such i grew up my dad was just such a such a fan of like folk music and dylan and all that stuff and like i just it, it that would be like the time we could connect because i was like well I love when other people sing Bob Dylan, but I don't like when Bob Dylan sings Bob Dylan. And to have bands I actually like make singing, like um, like early November was on it, something corporate was yeah. on there. 
I'm gonna have to find that dead and dreaming one. That must have been crazy. Yeah, man, um, it was pretty wild. Not, I remember how badly we wanted to do uh, Angels of the Silences, and we were just like, "Oh, we gotta get this one." And like, it just didn't didn't happen. And, but like, Walkaways was a fun one to do. All the same, man. Like, it was fuck. I, yeah, I love that band. Do you still listen to? I do. Are you like? I wouldn't say I'm like with with it, but like I I still feel like I have my ear. I, I'm on TikTok if that answers this question. But like, do you Ooh. keep up with like pop music now? Like, do you have any? Like, I'm I get a lot of shit from my friends because I think what um like with all the rapper like all the all the white rappers are now doing pop punk and all the rappers mm-hmm. are all becoming uh I'm sorry yeah white rappers are now doing pop all rappers are doing pop punk and all pop punk a lot of the pop punk artists are doing like hip hop. And like, like similar to you, like I grew up in a very urban area, but like hip hop yep. and punk were always very separate. Like it, you yep. weren't allowed to like both. So like I, 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 I like legitimately got in an argument, like defending Machine Gun Kelly's new album with a friend, like a few months ago. Oh, I love it. It's, it's so good. It's, it's, if you like pop punk and you can step back, even if you don't like Machine Gun Kelly or you only know him for whatever, if you step back for a second and uh, just, Listen to it as a pop punk record. What's not to like? It's, it's a pop so, punk record. Like, and then, and and then, and like what I would do with other stuff too. Like, um, I started. I was like, oh, he did this one song with Ian Dior, and I love that. Like the rap, and I was like, all right. So I started looking. I think I look at my Spotify now. I'm like, I was, ta- I was like looking at it. I was like, God, every artist on here is like 20 years younger than me. Like, I think I was like Kenny Hoopla. I think is incredible. Like all these, and um, but you know, it's funny to see all these kids are like. It's interesting to see what pop punk means to that generation. Whereas, if like mm-hmm. you know, not every band in our scene is going to be getting referenced and stuff, which I think it's incredible. But like, so like it's so fascinating to see like Avril Lavigne, Sum Forty One, and Paramore being held to such a high standard by this generation, where they were like mocked by our generation, not yep. by me because I'm a fan. I've I, I've actually always been a fan. Of, I've been a, uh, a fan of Avril. I'm like you not know, my favorite, but like I would never give her any crap. But it's fascinating to see how those those bands like some forty one to some kids is like like the Beatles. It just blows my mind. <laughs> well, I remember, and you'll this story is for you because you say you like Avril. So when God, right around when Make Yourself Sick came out, and when we were writing it, uh, we were a bunch of us were living at a house called Chuglug House. And uh, so a bunch of our friends would always be coming over. And my, my friend Charles, who was in a band called The Pettit Project with me and another band called Gang of Five Robots with me, he was now playing bass in Avril's band. Um, oh, wow. So we were all hanging out, doing terrible things to our insides. And, and he got a call from Avril. And I remember talking to her on the day she got her driver's license and it was just a fucking bizarre conversation and she gave us uh this autographed headshot it's like to chuggalug house love avril lavigne and all this shit like that um like it was it's such a fucking wild and obviously like fuck i remember when complicated came out as a single and i was good song great song i would do it at karaoke all the time It's like it's it's you know it's a, it's got good song structure it's it's I'm like it's pop punk with a capital P you know there's Dude. a little punk but I'm fine with it that's fine with me yeah but if you allow yourself to actually be admit that you like pop music 
then you can really get a lot of enjoyment out of pretty much anything that's out there. If you're putting on music that you're looking for like a deep, like spiritual connection to, you might not find it in pop music. But if you want to, <laughs> no. if you want to hear music that is just well-structured and has easy melodies and stuff you can sing along to and creates earworms, there, it, there's a reason it's popular music. And it's because people just connect to it, man. I have no problems with pop. I love that. Now, so my question for you, like when you guys were making like your music and, and the and the peak of like Boys Night Out and whatnot, like was there a little bit of like a fuck you to the crowd in your sense? Is because like with if you if you remove the screaming from your band and someone didn't listen to the lyrics, they could just be like straight up radio hits. But like, is there a part of you who are like, <laughs> oh no, we're just gonna make sure we want to make this a little bit less commercially attractive and scream and have really dark lyrics? Like I mean the core like. The choruses of like drag myself through the, like that song. If you're not listening to the, it's saying drag my was it drag my corpse through the city. All yep. the ones like if it if you didn't know that it really just sounds like a, like a oh that's fun and you're like yeah. oh let's talk about it's like Eminem hip hop. Yeah, there we go. Honestly, it's like, it's for us it was always just always make fun of ourselves. Always have a sense of humor about what you're doing because it's ridiculous. Um, and I mean there was a point. Jesus, I don't even think you could do it now, but we had like a, a giant Charles Manson backdrop uh, <laughs> where the swastika was replaced with the Boys Night Out logo and we had scrims in front of our amps that said, fuck, and you. Um, I and, love everything about and, this. And it, it was just, it was a silly thing that was going on. All these bands were getting uh, adopted by majors, which I'm certainly not against. I'm, I'm all for it. But like, so there was this explosion in the scene and we were just hanging out and everything was hilarious to us. Everything is a joke and everything was fun. And that's how we structured everything always, maybe to our detriment, definitely to our detriment uh, in terms of, you know, professionalism or career. Um, but we were there to have fun. The, the contracts we signed that now mean we don't own any of our own music we signed because we wanted to go on the road and we didn't give a shit if we owned our own music we just wanted to be able to tour and sure. be ridiculous and have fun and uh, you know i've said this before but i would do it again the same way i, I get that yeah because some, in some sense almost like you got the keys to the castle be like i can't believe i'm even in here and like, I mean, you got to be in like the right place at the right time. Like you're touring yep. like Fall Out Boy and like, yep. you know, all this, all this great stuff. And which, you know, I love that too. It's just so, it's so interesting. Um, I, I think of myself now in my twenties, I was like, I don't understand how anyone does any of like the amount of organizational skills. And I mean, you have to like make the music, which is one thing, but like the rest of it, like I, I don't understand how more bands don't just completely fall apart. Like it's hard enough doing a, <laughs> A, a podcast that doesn't involve travel by myself with neither producer, but like that's nice. hard enough. But like the idea of like getting in a van and traveling across at this age, like, nah, not not happening. If if I didn't have a daughter, a six year old daughter, that meant everything to me, I would absolutely hop back on the road. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I, I would. I would totally do it. But like, she is the center of everything to me. Um, and I, I wouldn't be able to do it. She gets older. If I still have working legs or am able to do, I would, I would love to go on tour again. 
if it's a feasible thing, I would do it. And if it was a situation where she could come with me, I would do that. I would show her that fucked up world. Yeah, my cousin, um, she played, she's older than I am, but she played in Unwound, but then she played um, with um, Corinne Tucker from Slater Kinney. Uh, I remember oh, cool. Pre-COVID, like, they were part of that Slater Kinney world. And, but I remember when she brought, I remember she did a, t- I don't know if it was a tour, I think it was probably like a week or two in Japan with them, and it was like her and the, the band, and they all brought their kids and like, I remember talking, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, touring's a little different now. You know, it's just uh, you breastfeed, you run out, you pull your set, and you run back, and someone else is watching yeah, the merch man. person's watching your baby. But I get that. So, how much was your, um, you said six, so your daughter had come after the band life was already over? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. she, when we were writing uh, Black Dogs, recording Black Dogs, she was, she still hadn't been born. Um, yeah. So, you know, she, Black Dogs came out in 2016. She was born May 2015. Uh, so, but yeah, it, it, that was well after, I mean, Boys Night Out's last show, even the reunion show. Yeah, I have a four-year-old and I'm in her playroom. You know. You Punk get it. Dads. Respect it's, it. Yeah, I'm it is. My, uh... my garage with a beach blanket as my backdrop. Yeah, like, this is my garage door. I love talking to other punk rock parents because I have to ask you, um, what of the children's like music do you actually kind of secretly like? <laughs> not like oh, it's like, not. It's, but, no, but, it's know, not like, a secret. Raffy, dude, I I absolutely love Raffy. My yeah. dad. Uh, oh, man, I listened to it growing up, uh, and like those songs. It's crazy. And I mean, I, I, I write songs with Marlo. Uh, like I, I write kids songs under the name Hammy Hamilton, which you can find. I saw on that. Life. I thought that was so cute that you were making music with your daughter. since born. I was like, God, every time I would like learn more about you, I was like, oh, my God, this is like the coolest person in the world. That's so sweet. <laughs> I am not. I assure you. But I but I like to have fun with her and I like to include her. This is what I know. I know. Right. And, and it's pop punk music. So we write pop punk songs about the Easter Bunny brushing our teeth, oh, so cute. Uh, saying hello, uh, putting on your fucking socks or throwing a tantrum. Like we have a song where she screams in it uh, and because <laughs> it's about throwing a tantrum. Like it's it's fun. It's fun, man. And if you can't involve your kid in what you love, whether or not they like it down the road, but show them who you are. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I find myself sometimes listening to like Yo Gabba Gabba or Daniel Tiger. Oh, Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah. Yeah. Yo Gabba Gabba is like, well, that makes a little more sense because it's like music we like, but they change the lyrics. But yeah. like Daniel Tiger, sometimes, like, I'll be like listening to the music. I'm like, yo, that is some good song structure. Like, yo, where did that bass line come from? Like, oh, I remember, Bubble Guppies. <laughs> yeah. Or the new Mupp- the, yo, the new Muppets, the, the Muppet oh. Babies. Like the music for that, I remember talking with Pete from Streetlight Manifesto about that too, yeah. and both of us being like him, like tell, like listening to Daniel Tiger, be like, "Yo, I gotta, I gotta pick up that bass line. That's pretty good." <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's crazy to hear some of the stuff that they have coming out of of those. And it's funny because like I know people that write songs for Spin Master related stuff and all all this stuff. So that you know, all all these shows are from people around our age who may or may not yeah. have punk rock roots and stuff like that. But like the old stuff, Raffi, Sharon Lois and Bram, who are Canadian. Um, yeah, that one did not, 
that that did get yeah, that reference I, at I all. Think it was like, that's <laughs> a big one for us. Uh, Fred Penner is another Canadian guy. Like, um, this is what I grew up with, and like now I sing it with her, and it's silly songs. We go to like rappy shows, and it's it's awesome. So, what's the experience like? You know, I know Boys Night Out. Um, your your band ended, but like, what's going on in your life at that point? Like, did you have like a quote unquote career set up, or were you just kind of like a starving artist being like, oh boy, now what? Um, a, a little of both. I certainly didn't have a career lined up, but I mean, our after the self titled came out, uh, that was the end of our contract with Ferret. Um, you know, we had agreed to do three full lengths with Ferret Records, uh, and Ferret was always the fucking coolest. Uh, but, uh, the response to the self-titled was not good. Uh, people weren't buying the records, so we lost our tour support. We couldn't afford to be on the road, so we had to scramble to get jobs, and then, you know, once a band where we were touring 10 months out of the year, you start being able to play less because you have jobs. People stop caring. And, and they did. And I mean, I, Jesus, like my, my live singing was getting real bad. Um, and just, it, it just kind of like petered out. We were like, okay, maybe we need to rethink things because it's certainly not working as it is. Um, and then everybody kind of had to scramble to do their own shit. I ended up becoming a human guinea pig and doing like drug trials, uh, to test new drugs. Uh, so <laughs> like, that's, that's how awesome. I made money for a bit. And Hey, it was free. You had the first COVID vaccine? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm the originator of COVID. I am the CEO you're, 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 of COVID. That, that's, that it came from you from all your experiments. Mm-hmm. I knew it. So you're welcome. Everybody. I knew it. I'll talk to Fauci yeah. about uh, looking into that. Oh yeah, he's he's right next door, man. We all get him over here. Um, but no, I mean, we we didn't want to break up, but like at the time, it was just going on the road, and then the final tour that we were gonna do, which was an East Coast Canada tour, um, our van broke down as soon as we left. We got a few hours out, our van broke down. We're like, that's it, we're out, we're done. Yeah, we have no more money. It's all spent. We can't afford to be on the road. Let's see how it goes. What year was this? I'm trying to remember. 2007, 2008. Yeah, I, I, well, I apologize for not buying that record as well. But I think that yeah, how also, dare like, you? yeah, shame on I, you. I feel like the way that music cycle worked. I feel like, oh wait, oh wait, where people probably got into my age. I was kind of when I was starting to like step away from i wasn't like going to live show i was like a senior in college maybe like Mm -hmm. i was in college i was living away from home at that point too i think like my music being part of that world i think you know you you know the cycle continues and then it kind of like you know our 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 scene kind of i don't say disappeared but it became not a thing it was it wasn't mainstream post my chem really outside my chem and fall boy it became no one really talked about it and that's kind of what i love about all the new generation is that they're all like diving back to our records and like the stuff that we grew up, like stuff, the stuff that I grew up in love is like now kind of like the way I would go back and listen to like my parents' records or something in some way. But yeah, yeah, I I feel like our scene really besides your band as well, but it seems like everywhere the money all kind of dried up. I mean, plus you have like, you know, you know, Naps, 
I mean, man, what an interesting time, man, to be like in the music industry. Plus, you have like you know Napster a few years earlier. Yep. I think you're also talking in a year where like iTunes is slowly becoming the dominant force, but like, yeah, people- I can't remember if iTunes was a thing really that might've been just after us, but certainly Napster, soul seek, uh, all, all that yeah. stuff, man. And we encouraged it. We were like, go ahead, download our music. Just come to the shows. Yeah. Come to the shows. Come. If it means that you're going to know the words and you want to sing along, you want to jump around and hang out. That's cool. Um, again, probably not <laughs> to the best career choice to be like, Hey, download our stuff for free. But that's what we did. Um, like we, we downloaded music and then we'd support the bands we loved in other ways. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, it was a fucked up time for, and all these big players that were throwing the money at the, at the emo punk rock, hardcore scenes, um, were scrambling. What are we going to yeah. do? How do we they make dried our up. money? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. was, it was insane. But I mean, but then again, you see bands coming back now. You see bands like some of my favorites. I mean, Get Up Kids still kicking. Yeah. Fairweather. Um, yeah, I know. Who, right. Like, honestly, man, like, you know, I still talk to those guys. And I remember when they released the, the self-titled, the last one, I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. And then having... God, I love that band. Uh, but yeah, I it's it's cool to see uh, a resurgence and the love for those bands. Uh, but being in it at that time was certainly a really interesting, eye-opening thing. Yeah, because you got uh, you really got to ride the wave, and then you know it seems like guys were all wise enough to be like, I don't know if you're like religious people, but like you had a sign be like, okay. Time to walk away because you know. <laughs> did you ever see that documentary, uh, Anvil, the story of Anvil? Oh, absolutely. Canadian band, like, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, there's a whole part of me that respects the hell of what they did, but there's yep. the other part of me that was like, guys, ah, just. I don't blame them, and I'm so happy that they got the just comeuppance. And like, but there's. I. I don't know there, there's the part of me that doesn't want to be that because I also don't ever accept accept myself to see the success at the end. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. So I, I, there's something to that. Sometimes I think what's one of the best lessons in life is just knowing when to quit. Absolutely, dude. And it's your I time. Mean, just like we're done. Yeah, I mean, I we probably would have kept going if we could afford it, but <laughs> especially at at the end because it was such a ridiculous spectacle and and the whole goal for us was just live this spectacle was like well of course we're going to tour in buses do you know how comfortable it is to tour in a bus can we afford it fuck no we're going to do it uh we're going to take every last cent and pour it into having a tour bus do we want to split it with a band no no we don't want to split it with a band we'll just we'll just take that ourselves and and it just all the money went away Yep, that's too funny. But it was but it was a party, man. I had a great time. I, I can't, yeah, I mean, I feel like if, if if I was in your position, I'm sure if your daughter's having that same position, you could just be like, hey, not everyone gets this opportunity. Have all the fun. Have all I the would. fun. Totally. Because, Absolutely, like, I would. In all honesty, let's say what? There's maybe five bands maybe that became full-time career musicians that yep. are like, uh, to and it's not to be mean. I mean, and obviously, you know, there's the the tier of like there's like bands that aren't well known, but like you know, there's only a handful of bands who are 
only there's only very few people are only making music for a living. Like I, yeah. I know a lot of people who are like musicians, but then they or they play trumpet for like the the Backstreet Boys or something like that, and that's awesome. But like, yep. but they maybe maybe Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, maybe like Jack Antonoff, or might be the only yep. three that I could think of that came from our world that are like professional success. Like, yeah. And they worked their fucking asses off to get there. And like the motherfuckers worked. And it it always blew my mind when people were giving bands like fallout boy talking shit about what they're doing. But those boys were working their asses off. Like they work for it. You were there Uh, too. Cause you were on the Nintendo fusion tour with them, right? Yeah. Dude. Same with panic at the disco. Like, like that's a band that worked. And if you don't think that they're working their asses off to make those songs that people are going crazy over, you're out of your mind. Do you ever look back at our scene too? And like part of like, I'll, I'll, I'll say something, but I remember hating panic at the disco at the time because they had gotten signed before they played a show and I was mm-hmm. such an asshole that I was like, fuck them, they don't matter. Like part of the destruction of our own scene is like these obscure rules that we put on each other against success. Yeah. Like the second I remember when Boys and Out, like you guys were screaming a little bit less. Well, when Train Wreck came out, which is truthfully one of my favorite records made in the history of music. Um, <laughs> I I had friends give me shit for that album because it wasn't a Boys and Out. I'm like, yeah, they're just trying to be popular. I'm like, Yeah. I was that- like, what? Like, hey, that's not how you do it. Yeah, <laughs> we had. Oh, Jesus! If if getting popular was our goal, we you went about the, it the wrong way. Yeah. Man, I'll just sing about having about sex it. with corpses. It's fine. Yeah. This is what the masses want to hear. We love. Uh, we love people. Like, you're like, you know, what's good concept records. That sounds like our normal <laughs> yeah. sound, but a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love it. I I love. I love. I honestly. No, thanks, really. really. But there's a, a comedy piece, about but... the whole thing. I'm sure you lost a bunch of your fan base when that happened. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, and a very vocal fan base, which is fine because we, I mean, because of the scene that I grew up in, message boards were all yeah, the rage. Uh, yep. So, Boys Night Out message board was was popping, and oh, yeah. we had people from all different styles of music just you know meeting up there, whether they liked the band or not, and most did not. Um, when Trainwreck came out, the people that liked Make Yourself Sick, oh yeah, we were sellouts, immediate, immediate sellouts. Now, I didn't see any money from that selling out, but like, that that was the the word. I know, I fucked up. Um, but it, but it was hilarious to us because we were just writing songs and we were writing the songs that came naturally and just with everyone, it was like, okay, we'd be writing songs while we were on the road playing, and those would be the songs that came out. And we never tried to steer it in any particular direction. If we tried to steer it, we would have been a country band. Like, we would have been playing songs like The Band, um, like The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. That's what we wanted to play. That's what we were listening to tons at that time. Um, but we just wrote what we knew how to write. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really it's so weird of our scene. It's like you gotta bust your ass, you have to follow all these fake rules, and then you actually have to try to go break beyond your actual scene. Then the people that like don't, that originally like you now have to hate you, but you have to hope this new audience finds you. Yeah. I mean it's I got I remember getting made fun of in college for liking um Take This to Your Grave. And I'm like, Yeah, this is a really great album. This is I'm like I'm like I it was I'm 
man, it was that in the the movie Mean Girls. I got so much shit for, and that's for a great mean movie. Girls? Tina Fey, yeah. man. I know, pre Thirty Rock, and I was just like, I'd be like, oh, blah blah blah. You just like Lindsay. I'm like, this is just good comedy. Like, I I'm a huge comedy nerd. I'm like, this is just. This is good joke tutorial. It's good storytelling. Yep. I was in college, so I probably wasn't very articulate. It was more like, no. Yeah, well said, sir. More like that. Like, you're wrong. That's too funny. Yeah. Uh, no, but so everybody assumed that they could insert themselves into the music-making process because they connect to something. And whatever. That's no fault. That's just who we are as people. We're like, well, I like this band's album here. So if it's different, shit, that can't be good. And I mean, even even recently, somebody else who who I, you know, I have a lot of respect for and, and uh, they had talked about us on their podcast was like, if you guys ever do write something, just make sure it's authentic. I'm like, are you implying that what we wrote wasn't because like you, you have you were there like, yes, everything yeah. you've ever done was for us. <laughs> That's it. It was oh as God, yeah. authentic as it gets. Like I have no time to write music uh, for to try and get huge unless it's like a commissioned job and I'm writing a commercial. That's going to be a different song. But the bands I'm in, I'm in because I like playing the music that we play. And, like, you know, and naming naming your songs after quotes from like movies, like The Wedding Singer that came out a decade earlier or like. Uh, 90210, like, you know, shows that yeah. I bet some of your audience didn't even know existed. Probably not the way yeah. to success. Yeah. Why, why not, man? It's, it's so funny. It's, but you, I mean, you, and you have to take a certain responsibility for that. And Boys Night Out was always lucky because the people that, that got it, got it straight away and, and are still very vocal and passionate about it. And that's super cool. Even if they don't like the whole catalog, even if they're like fucking self-titled sucks, I love Make Yourself Sick, or Broken Bones sucks, but I really like Black Dogs, all over the place, whatever. At, at the very least, like, at least they're like, oh yeah, I mean, that's a good record. Like that one, even if they don't like them all, at least they're there and hanging out. That's all I could ask for, man. I can't believe anybody is still talking about Boys Night Out. I can't believe I'm talking to you right now that you have any interest in talking about Boys Night Out. Yo, you guys are popular, man. I was when it's I was put out to like my, I, I put it out there. I was like, oh my god, I got quite the response. It's fascinating. So, um, I'm I, and I, I look at your Spotify plays. Is like hell yeah, I'm, I'm glad that because like you know Boys Night Out was a band that like my, my me and my friends like my group of friends like we really loved, but we didn't share that with a lot of other people. Unfortunately, like we. <laughs> You know, like people loved you guys. Like you're definitely popular in our scene, but like we felt like this is our little secret. And like, you know, when you show it to someone, they're like, "Yeah, whatever." I'm like, I don't know. So it was so great to find out there's all <laughs> these other people out there who also I'm like, you know, I've been consistently li listening to your music since I've been here, especially once once Spotify came around. It's just like, oh my god, at least at least once a year I go through train. I, I've listened to Trainwreck at least once a year. Like, and that's that's wild. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Like the, it, but it's it's absolutely insane to me to hear that. It's like TV thing. shows, you know? Yeah. Like I watch there's a certain shows every year I watch I do like a rewatch of Freaks and Geeks or I watch Oh yeah. or like I watch Bob's Burgers pretty much daily or like The Simpsons or whatever. Yep. There's just like it becomes part of the subconscious. Um yep. I do have to ask you what were the what was it what was like touring with Census Fail like and what uh, that era? Tons those of guys, fun. 
another band that got more shit than they've ever deserved and who worked their asses off. Yep. And um, I, I only, I, I know Heath from, I've gotten to interview and uh, work with him a couple times. Super nice guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know the other gentlemen, but like from all I could, from the outside perspective, seem like good human beings and oh, we, we got along with them incredibly well. Like, like to the point where, you know, if we were in, in, in the hood, like we would, we would stay with them. Like, that's it. When they were in our neighborhood, they would stay with us. We well, I would love just, that. Like, that's just how it was. And my God, uh, I, I don't think we ever really had beef with many bands. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You, I've probably heard about beefs that we had with bands that were completely untrue. Um, then because I have no time for that shit. I don't yeah. care. I don't care. It's it's boring. It's boring to fight with another band. To what end? Who wins? Who gives a I shit? Know. It's like guys, uh, we're, we're yeah. living our dream. Just shut the fuck up. Because there's a lot of people yeah. who wish they were in your spot right now. Yeah. Nope. Census Fail was always a blast to tour with, man. I fucking I miss those days. That's that, and. I, I remember too. There's two. I remember Census Fail and Silverstein were two bands I always loved from very early on, and got so much shit for listening to. And they're the two bands that now we're talking 20 years later, and they're still around, still making yeah. music, still relevant, still touring, still part of our world. And it, it kind of yep. like I had friends like like my my buddies and Folly like toured with them a ton. And like I've heard nothing but lovely things about them. Um, but that's that's so cool to hear, I, and it seems like that's a good that would be a tour. Like if that if there was a census fail base um base I'm sorry, uh, boys night out census fail tour or like show that were to come up within like a four hour range, I'm like I'm getting a sitter that I would that, go yeah. the fuck out of that show. Yeah, oh man. So I, I gotta ask you. So you know, doing the band, and it seems like you were wise enough to know that that was not going to be your forever. Uh, because I mean, it's nobody's really right. Just the stones. Um, do you think there were any skill set that like kind of you took from like those days that led to where you are now as like the chief marketing officer at a uh, at yeah. Pictar? Like that's yep. kind of a kind of a jump going for Boys Night Out. I know there's a gap to get you to where you are. I'm just kind of curious if there's any punk rock crossover that that the yes. like the DIY stuff that you learned. Yeah, everything, everything, and and like you said, the whole DIY thing is like. Do your own merch designs. And granted, we had other people do designs for us later down the line. But I always, especially in the early days, did all of our merch designs. Did I? I did our website. You know, all that stuff, and Damn. just making sure stuff was was taken care of in house. Jeff was our tour manager. Um, you know, we so we tour managed ourselves. Like, and you you just learn how how to interact in that, how to keep track of what's happening. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, everything I learned from that. And we joke about that. Like Tristan and I, who are, you know, the founders of Pictar, um, it all came from music. Tristan's a musician as well. Uh, he's been in a ton of bands. You know, Spicoli's always outnumbered, uh, Grave, um, and just playing music. I, I screamed on his old band, Always Outnumbered's album track one was me screaming on it we've known each other for over 20 years um and all the time we're like we're running this based on the diy ethos of just take care of yourself get the shit done and make sure you're covered that's it 
yeah, every everything I learned about business I learned from punk rock. That's so funny because like being in a band is essentially a small business, and like I've I've, I've started this podcast in 2013, but I would say like last year, like around early late 2019, it started to take a turn from hobby to like. Hey, uh, I feel dirty even saying it, but it turned into a small business. Like it's, it's spawned off into other podcasts and all this other, like we have like, a, yeah. a, we started a media company and stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. And like you, man, like, I, I don't know anything. I should, I should not say this out loud, but I don't know anything about business, but everything I've been finding out is like, it's all stuff I learned from yeah. uh, the, the punk world. Like, yep. so what made you guys think like we should start a business? And actually, before we do that, can you explain to your audience, and myself, what Pictar is like. I was looking at it as just it wasn't comprehending to me, but it sounds cool. So basically, what it is. So we, okay. So Tristan and I, uh, you know, and and Quinn and Jackie. There was a few of us started uh, a soundproofing and sound management company called No Echo Sound Solutions. This was last year. Um, I had just been fired as editor in chief from a media company. Uh, lost my job last February. I'm so sorry. Uh, Shit happens, man. I appreciate it, but like that's how it goes. Um, So it was dark times. Uh, I was painting houses with my brother-in-law, which was fun as shit. Um, But like he's a professional, like he was running his company. But that that's not me. I like hands-on stuff, but I like writing. I like I'm I'm an art nerd. It's just who I am. Um, so Tristan approached me being like, Hey, I don't know what you're up to, but I could use some help with, you know, if you could check for some of the writing for this stuff or give me a hand with the soundproofing stuff I'm doing, I'd appreciate it. So I said, yeah, send me stuff. Problem with me is I am a highly focused person. And if I'm going to do something, I have to only be doing it. So I'm like, well, guess what? I don't have a full-time job. If you want, we can do this thing together. So we, we talked a bunch and we started making soundproofing and through soundproofing, we're like, how do you make soundproofing interesting? Well, there's no way, but if you put something on it, maybe with augmented reality, you could like scan it with a phone and like the artist would jump out at you and deliver a message. And we're like, Oh shit. Okay. So let's develop that. Um, so, we, we started figuring out the ins and outs of how to do that. And then, you know, starting a, a startup, uh, you're heavy reliant on outside money. That started drying up. We're like, we should probably focus one or the other, soundproofing or augmented reality. So we said, well, let's go all in on augmented reality. Let's start making people able to deliver their message in a way that's cool or interesting that people aren't doing. And so especially with bands, um, because augmented reality, everybody's hyper-focused on the goggles, on like, you know, mi- mixed, mixed reality, XR, uh, but it should be something that everybody can use. It's Ooh. a cool fucking technology. So yeah. we, st- we started kind of pushing it into music and thinking, well, records, beautiful, large format things, beautiful artwork haven't changed in how many years they've been the same fucking thing maybe we started making them more colorful and covers were like well then let's make records let's evolve them let's make records cool so what if you could look at a record album with your phone and then all of a sudden that cover would spring to life 
or it would play the hit single off of that album just by looking at it with your phone. You don't download an app. You use your phone, look at it, whatever. Message from the band, music video, message from the label, whatever, just by looking at the record. And if you think about it, people love records. They frame them. They put them up on their walls. They become art. So those ones that you pick, pick and choose to hang up, well, why not the ones that have a message that you can look at with your phone and all of a sudden it's like the band saying like, hey, we're now going on tour and all this shit can be updated. So the stuff that we make, if I put like uh, a message on a record, I can then change that next week. What you see when you scan it with your phone can change whenever I want it to change, which is why we're doing the cover to cover contest for Boys Night Out right now. Because what happens is if you look at Make Yourself Sick, Nevermind 2, uh, or Trainwreck with your phone, following the links that I give, um, it pops up with a, a video just by looking at the cover with your phone. And whoever wins the contest, their cover of a Boys Night Out song will now be featured on the cover of those albums for the next little while. So is it like for the less tech people, like, you know, when you go to a restaurant, and mm-hmm. if they don't have a menu, they you take out your phone and you have a QR code and it brings up the menu. I, I, I'm dumbing this down for me. So yep. essentially, so I'll take a Boys Night rec- record that picked that you did, and then I would put my phone to it, and then my phone of like a video, like a a customized video that you made would show up on my phone, but over top of the record. And I'm wondering if I could even just like show you or something if i had a i don't copy. that sounds so cool so that is incredible. so but but it's happening like in real time so if you turn sure. the record it's um it it all happens as it happens like i don't know maybe do you want me to go grab one i'll show you it's you don't mind i'm fascinated by this okay let me grab one give me one sec so you know you okay, follow yeah. a link you go to our website and you hit, you gotta hit allow, it says allow. allow, which I think I'm doing here. And then, so you're seeing there. And so now, and oh. that becomes a video. I'm sorry, I'm trying to, there. And there I am, and it moves with the record. See what I'm saying? Did you guys um, develop this tech? Yeah. What, you say that's just so normal, but like, where you, I, uh, I'm gonna so, see if you got you, you and your group of well, friends are those type of DIY punk guys. Like, hey, here's this crazy idea. How do we do it? And then you just figure it out. We we didn't do all all the back end stuff. Now we had people who knew a lot more than we did, but the idea of being able to and now we build it all ourselves. Now we do the coding. We do everything, um, but. The idea was always to have this static thing that you could hold in your hand, move around. When you view it through your phone, it pops up. That's why the business cards work so well, because it's just a business card. Scan it with your phone, and then you can be saying whatever you want, update it whenever you want. So, like, for us, it's a no-brainer for bands who want to, you know, push music videos, who want to push tour announcements, who want to push contests uh, right on the cover of the albums that people might have hanging on their walls. Yeah. This is fascinating to me. Like it kind of changes art as a whole, you know. <laughs> well, I'm I'm into that. Like you know, like why why does a painting just have to be a painting? Like why can't it have another yeah. aspect to it? 
Um, yeah, I know I have um, a little connected to that techie world. I, I have someone I'm thinking of that I'm going to send this to him because it might be my friend Vinit. He's got like a a new startup every time I talk to him kind of guy. He works for Salesforce, <laughs> but then he does like his own yep. side hustle stuff. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. And so like people like people like me and like people of uh, non-musician types, like there's business card applications, so, like really kind of anything. Cause um, I'm not sure if you like, if anyone listens to this, especially if you get into like more like the nerd community, like I, I was our, our podcast, it's like punk rock and then like nerds. And obviously yeah. that's me. So like, I love, and I love talking about emo as much as I love talking about Marvel movies. <laughs> so, like, Count me so, in. So like, I feel like if you're like, um, like I'm going to get like a booth at Comic-Con or something and like to promote like the let's chat media stuff. Like nice. that would just be, I'm just thinking selfishly for myself. Like that would be so much better than like, here's a card, blah, 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 blah. And here's my stupid speech. Like that is that I feel like that just gets you an engaged listener. And yeah, this is probably the stuff I should not put out. This, this should just be for me. No one else do this. No. <laughs> but no, here's the thing it's, it's, and I mean, we do other stuff, you know, and that's the fun punk rock stuff, but for real estate agents, we have stuff where you can scan a for sale sign, walk through a portal, with your phone and you're inside the house. You know what I mean? You can do a yeah. virtual walk through uh, holograms. You can, we can do all that stuff. Obviously That's we're punk rockers, our backgrounds in punk rock. This is what we want to choose. Like if there's musicians that want to do cool shit, hit me up and we'll have some fun. And we do it cheaper than anybody else because of how we grew up. I love Yeah. That's something I don't, I'm not sure if you, and something, I'm now learning in business is like the thing I'm good at and the thing I like to do doesn't always pay. No, <laughs> so like not you, always. sometimes I'm like, all right, I can do this, but I, I really like, like I, I love punk rock. I love the punk rock community, but if you're trying to build like an online community, that's running off like a Patreon, no offense, punk rock people, but we, fu- they fucking suck. Like when you get I've into like that. the nerd community, those people drop money left and right. So like, it's yeah. hard. Cause I'm like, I really want to talk to like that. Um, or like I, I I'm also like a, a podcast producer and like I'm like, well, I really love arts and entertainment. I want to produce like podcasts about people stuff I love, but yep. sometimes I'm like, well, I gotta do the uh the nonprofit and the real estate agent yes, and the of like course. the stuff I that honestly was a surprisingly hard lesson for me to learn. Yeah. I'm not sure if you had that in business. Like I don't have I mean I even still I, I work at a psych hospital. Like I don't have I didn't think I had business acumen up until maybe like a year ago. Like in my thirties, first learning it. I mean, I'm, obviously, I know you had the band. I mean, that must have been such a great learning to be like, this is how much stuff costs, and here's how much you need to make back. And and I'm a sociopath, so as yeah. a sociopath, also helps with business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I I work in behavior health, so I've I've learned I I feel like I can pick out red flags and uh, potential customers a little too. Um, a little faster than some of my teammates. I'm like, nope, they're definitely alcoholic. Nope, BPD. Nope, nope, not dealing with that. Not dealing with that. Like, they're never gonna pay you. But um, that's stuff like that. That's so crazy. You know, it's so funny too. Like, in the punk rock world, like entrepreneurship is such a dirty word, and that's literally all we were doing. We're just like, yeah. Essentially, we're all just like young entrepreneurs, small business owners. That yep. I would never use that word. And like. You know, we all tried to start record labels and all this stuff. And like, we're all essentially like want to be like hedge fund people. Like yep. we all want to find our unicorn. And I did not. <laughs> well, where, you know, what's hilarious about that too is, and I talked to Dana about this, is that when I was in high school uh, for my, I, I took an entrepreneurship class. Uh, That's it was awesome. fa- I, 
I, I, I was going to like focus on business because I was always fascinated by it. I was in bands. I wanted to know how to better market bands. Um, and so for entrepreneurship class, I, my end of the semester project was to start a record label and release a compilation. So my project was I released the comp uh, with a bunch of bands that I knew, my bands, other bands that were in the punk rock community around us, put it out. They sold out. I got 100% on my project. And that, like, that, was, that was that. There was, there was no disconnect in the idea of every if i'm trying to sell a, a band t-shirt so i can go on tour it's the same thing man and you, like um, you said to your point yeah yeah do you find uh do you ever find like when you're like pitching to cold calls or doing customer stuff that do, does, does the boys night out ever work does that do you ever have anyone who like recognizes you no no <laughs> no man it, it's so funny because i mean i i had people that that knew the band when when i was editor-in-chief and stuff like that but i mean nobody gives a shit about boys night out and now i'm meeting people through stuff like linkedin that that are like so much smarter and more efficient in business uh and having wonderful lovely conversations with them um but it's 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 great we're, we're like, oh, I, I really like Boys Night. I just bought the train wreck repress. But that, but the focus of the conversation is like, well, how how did scaling this this business work for you? Like, well, how did you find this for? And it's just, it's cool that we can talk about music and business in one. It's just kind of fun. I don't know. I'm I just enjoy enjoying, and that's all I care. No, no, I totally. Yeah, no, I I totally understand that. Yeah, no, that's. That's awesome. I, I'm such a fan too of people from our world. Not even just punk rock. Anyone who does, I love anyone who does like two separate things that you would never expect. Yep. Like like a couple of the guys from Streetlight, I've gotten to talk to um, Pete and Matt. None of them like when they drove. Like Matt was just telling me. Like I just interviewed Matt from Streetlight, the trumpet player. He didn't even know what ska was when he joined the band. And I'm just like, yep. what? But like, I love that you could be a just a trained, fucking talented musician. And being one of my favorite ska bands, and the ska didn't matter to him. And then he can turn around and go play a jazz show. And then, or my friend Anthony was the drummer of Folly, and now he's like a um, project manager for like some tech company doing. Oh, what does he do? I don't know. He's told me a million times, and I always forget. But some some like you know fancy pants stuff, or like you yeah. know like, or sometimes you have a couple like um. Or people like we're punk rock kids now. They're like politicians and stuff like that. Yeah, like that stuff always blows my mind. Uh, so it's just uh, I, I, I'm I'm just a sucker for anyone who is just not an enigma and just has multiple interests in more than yep. one thing. Like okay, we can like punk rock. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Absolutely. No, I I was just gonna say like again to your point like people like uh, my friend Ryan who's in a whole bunch of great bands back in the day. I met him through his old band Two Days. Uh, and now, you know, he and his wife do fuzzrocious pedals. Um, and like, well, you know, so they make amazing stomp boxes for all sorts of bands. And the, and this is shit that is wild. And they get their kids to paint the enclosures sometimes. They Aww. do all this stuff. It, they work with bands like Daughters. And they, like, it's just super fucking cool shit. Uh, friends that I grew up with, like Sarah, who does Road Dog merch, who works with Swinney um from that one oh, yeah, yeah. time on too so sarah from road dog you get these people that are just like well i'm just gonna hustle then 
and it's it's great and like you said man some some people go off and do it and forget about the punk rock some people do it with that mind and like uh, so i have a great deal of respect especially for what you're doing where you take that background and you just build on it and it shouldn't be a fucking shameful thing like if you're doing it with the right fucking heart (laughs) you're not trying to scam anybody just do it and do it well man yeah i couldn't agree with you more and it's it's funny too like when you do a hobby and then all of a sudden one day it just turns, you're like, Oh wait, people get paid for this. Oh wait, this is experience. And like, yep. yeah, I've been, uh, we're in the process of, we're developing a show for George Floyd's uncle right now. And Crazy. Um, it's still, and like we did like a thing for him on the verdict and I'm still just like, I watched that happen and there's no reason that I should be connected to this, but like, you know, there's no reason you and I should, I mean, like I, I bought your records when I was in my formative years of high school and like, <laughs> I've gotten to have this experience a bunch of times now, but it's yep. cool. Like in my head, like, you know, you meet people, you're just in that. I'm like, like, I remember I got to interview Nathan from Voice That's Fire. And like, that was yep. like my band in high school. And the whole cool. time just being like, uh, but then it, as we all learn is like, yeah, nobody cares. Like on the end of the day, like you're, at least my wife doesn't give two shits in the loving way. Like, you know, yes. <laughs> and like, and my friends are all like, so everyone's supportive and kind, but you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. So it's it's cool. And it's just, there's these little pockets where you can, like, somebody cares. Because we all, <laughs> yeah, when we turn this off, we're just like, straight we go up. back to our jobs. And you're like, uh huh. Yep. I used to do a thing. No one cares. Or I do a podcast. Yeah. At least in my case, it was like, what's a podcast up until a couple years ago? No one knew what that was. It's not like radio. I, Are you it's in like radio? radio, but on the internet. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. It's awesome. That, that, that Pixar band, it's, I can't honestly, I can't stop thinking about it. I think that's such, I just got, I feel like, I feel like there's a part of me that wants, if I was like a crazy billionaire, I would want to like pull the ultimate prank and like take this technology and like replace all of the paintings and like the Met. <laughs> and then like, that's, you know, like an impractical joker shit. You know, that's, that's how we like. started well, doing it, man. That's we. so I would, I would call up somebody I know that was, involved in music and i wasn't trying to sell them anything but i was i would just be like hey do you have a copy of this record with you right now knowing that they would i'm like okay follow this link and then scan that record and it would just be a video of me saying now i'm in your office hi like yeah, let's talk but yeah, yeah oh my god yeah so i mean any billionaires that are listening now i sure could use some investors just give me a call let me use this to further my company yeah, and do we I have will. any billionaire listeners? Probably mostly. Probably only. That mm-hmm. would make sense. Yeah, it yeah. obeys us and I are pretty tight. And respect to B. Big B. Yeah, Jeffy B. Um, I definitely know there's some millionaires who listen to this and some tech <laughs> people. So let's, if, if, oh my God, if something actually came out of this, I want all the credit. <laughs> oh, yeah, take you'll 25%. get your finder's fee. You'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! But in all honesty, like, if someone wanted to learn more about like what uh, about this, like, where like where can people find you and like all your and, and the company online and all that stuff? Like, if they want to reach out. Like, I definitely, I'm gonna hit you up afterwards. I really want to get some like pricing and stuff because I, yeah, I think of a lot of really fucking fascinating ideas because I'm obsessed with this kind of stuff. It it is fascinating. Um, I mean, yeah. So I mean, if if people are genuinely interested in Pictar, you can find it easily at pictar.app. P i c t a r dot app is our website. Uh, all the social media is just Pictar app. So at p i c t a r a p p. 
Um, and for, you know, Boys Night Out, my band Pale Drone, who's still playing shows, like all that stuff you can find through my personal Instagram, if you want, uh, just at C-L-O-V-A-T-F-R-A-S-E-R. At C Love It Fraser, find me, I link to everything. And even if you just want to shoot the shit, like I, I don't know, I got, I'm, I'll talk, let's hang. <laughs> any um is there any talk of a hopeful boys night out reunion show or tour post covid no uh no we we That's also fair. talk quite often i mean ben and i and we, and we talk about how fun it would be ben and i were talking today literally we're just like man, playing a show would be pretty cool and you know you talk to everybody I was out with jeff the other weekend and and just like yeah it would be pretty cool it's it's a logistical nightmare and that's yes. and that's all it is. It's the only thing, but it's the realistics and the logistics of the thing. Would we love to do it? Yeah, big time. Would we love to write together again? Yeah, we sure would. But it's a lot. There's a lot more to it than just you know saying yes. Like, will do we want to? Yes. Will it happen? Probably not. But we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't think Black Dogs would have been made a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I even think about now being an adult just trying to plan a dinner. So, like, if you, like, wanted to, <laughs> yeah. like, get a bunch of people to do a creative project, not make an ass out of yourself, and do it right, and travel, yeah. that had to be a lot of, like, I mean, I'm hoping that, I hope someone will back up the money truck for you to make it work, because that's, and it's, like you said, we're dad. I mean, we're dads. It's, like, it's yeah. really hard to get time away in general yeah you know like there's just yeah I, I i totally understand that i hope i hope there is a scenario that it does happen and it, it rewards you handsomely financially thank you that's very kind of you to say and i uh absolutely I'm, same for you it looks like you're making moves dude like, like i'm hoping yeah people... I, I feel like it's the opposite of my punk rock I've, that part of my punk rock guilt i've had to shed is like that money mindset and be like no it's okay to want to be really rich like I'm, I'm sick of living paycheck to paycheck like i actually want to make money off of this and that's a that took a lot of therapy to get to to get to that part, now, believe it or not. <laughs> I will a, tell you right now, if I make billions of dollars, I will get Boys Night Out back on the road. That's a promise. If you support my company, Boys Night Out will tour. I'm gonna hold you to that, and I'm gonna put. <laughs> sure. I'm gonna. It's uh, gonna be our clip. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Perfect. Oh my god. Uh, dude, I can't, I can't thank you for enough. Uh, this is a, a ton of fun, and I'm oh, super yeah, excited dude. for Thanks, to see uh, follow what you're up to with the Pixar stuff. It's so dope. And shout out to Dana for uh, for setting. I'm actually talking to him next week, uh, so nice. Uh, so he'll be up here. Um, super, super nice. We've communicated quite a lot through Instagram, and I fell in love with his podcast as well. And then we ended up connecting. And I was like, yeah, that's. But it's been tons of fun. So man, well, enjoy the rest of your night. I, I yeah, both of our good. kids went to sleep. My daughter took a little while. I'm gonna go play some Nintendo Switch and go to sleep and go to work like an like an adult. Out of boy, I'm just going straight to bed. Hello, me popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us and let's talk about science fiction topics and books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. pass